Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley Tran, a Fidelity Investments Vice President Branch Leader based out of Tampa, Florida. And this is In The Money, where we bring you weekly trade ideas and option strategies based on current market insights. With me today, I have Jessica Inskip and Tony Zhang from Options Play. Jessica is the Director of Education and Product, and Tony is a Chief Strategist. And if you look like you've seen them before, um, they're also frequent CNBC guests. Jess, Tony, thank you both for joining us today. Happy to be here, Ashley. It's so great to see you again. I really look forward to today's conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, Ashley. It's great to be here. Absolutely. And today is Thursday, February 29th, our special leap year edition of In the Money. This week, we've seen some big financial headlines. We're rounding out the end of earnings season as our final few companies wrap up their reports. And those earnings, no doubt, fueling momentum as we saw another all-time high in the S&P. Part of that story contributed to the AI narrative we've seen with rapid growth from a few main players. And this Growth comes paired with the Fed's continued caution against lowering rates too quickly. So definitely an environment that could play host to a continued rally or a cautious pullback. So let's break that down further and hear from our guest. Tony, let's start with you today on your thoughts on the macro environment. Thank you so much, Ashley. This certainly has been a big week with regards to numbers. And you did say uh, earnings season is starting to wrap up. And largely, we've had a pretty strong earnings season, both top line and revenue and both top and bottom line growth for the S&P 500. We had GDP numbers come out yesterday that were fairly strong. We had inflation numbers, which were which is what a lot of investors had their eyes on, a lot of angst about this inflation number that came out this morning, which did come in in line with, uh, with expectations. So largely, this has been a non-event, at least for the, uh, the equity markets. We did see a little bit of reaction from the bond markets. 10-year yields are down a little bit. Uh, closer to that 4.2% as a reaction to those numbers. Uh, but you know, largely, I would say that this this par for the course with regards to expectations for the Fed to potentially still hold rates for now because inflation's not at that 2% target level. It is moving its way slowly there, but the road is you know to that last 2% is a little bumpy. So the Fed is being cautious and taking a pause here in terms of uh, committing to rate cuts at the moment. Uh, bond markets are still pricing in about a, a June probability of a, of a uh, rate cut. And I think largely, you know, I'm starting to sound a bit like a broken record here with regards to the equity markets, because as a result of all of this, we continue to see equity markets grind their way higher. However, we have not seen a higher high with regards to momentum. And we started noticing this in the equity indices about a month and a half ago in the S&P and the NASDAQ 100, we started to see that same type of negative momentum, uh, negative divergence creep into the individual sectors a few weeks ago. And just last week, we started to see this in even some of the individual stocks that have led this AI rally, specifically NVIDIA. And then you couple that with the fact that you look at the market breadth right now, it's been quite poor. The number of stocks that are above its 20-day, 50-day, and 200-day moving average actually continues to decline, even though equities are making new all-time highs. And that's you know some of the signs that the, the market rally that we've seen here since, the, since late October is losing some steam. It's losing momentum. There's some signs that um, this could start to pull back here. So while there's no fire yet, smoke alarms are certainly sounding. So I would say from an investor's perspective, this is a very difficult position to, 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 to position in because 
just as a fear of missing out, you kind of have to keep your long positions in the markets. Otherwise, you miss out on, on keeping up in the markets. It's incredibly difficult to short the markets right now because of the, of the kind of extreme momentum here to the upside. Um, and there are risks of violent sell-offs like we've seen a couple of weeks ago where the S&P was down 2%, the Russell was down 4% intraday. And so I think in this market environment, the most prudent thing to do is to consider looking at selling call options to collect some premium selling cover calls on stocks that you own, especially if you believe that the upside from here is somewhat limited, collecting that income from selling cover calls and potentially using that income to buy some put protection is a way that I'm structure the current market um, environment that we're in from a macro perspective. Yeah, thanks, Tony. And I, I see what you mean there, especially with saying it, it could be challenging to position in this type of environment. I think a lot of investors, we we see the momentum and rapid movement, and it feels exciting as we see a lot of these late participators jump in to get a piece of the action. But thinking through that steep upward movement, I, I like what you said about, hey, maybe consider hedging strategies for protection. That could potentially be a, a make or break for some investors. So appreciate that take. And Jess, let's move on to you and get your thoughts. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. So pulling some stats for the past month, the S&P 500 has returned about 4.5%. The NASDAQ 100 returned 4.23%. And the Russell 2000 has returned about 4.97%. And let's layer on another one. The S&P 500 equal weight has returned 3.39%. And that is for the past month. That's indicating to me that this rally and the all-time highs are in fact broadening if we take a step back. And it's not supported necessarily by the tech-heavy narrow rally. And that's a good sign, in my opinion. It's supporting a more sustainable rally. However, I think it's very important to note it is normal to see pullbacks throughout bull markets. So I want to take a look at a technical view of the NASDAQ 100 using the NDX index, a three-year weekly chart with, with the weekly intervals or timeframes. I look at the trading cycle through the 1326 and 14 weekly moving averages. I've said this multiple times before, but that represents one, two, and three quarters worth of pricing. We look at the market from a quarterly perspective. I want to see prices move upwards with the market. So we look at the slope of the line to indicate that. We also look at the position of the NDC or the underlying security we're looking at where it is in position to those to that trading cycle. In this case, it's above it, which is indicating that that support line is the 1326 and 40 weekly moving averages. But the trend is something that I look at utilizing Bollinger Bands. Bollinger Bands represent two standard deviations from the period. And if you're hugging the Bollinger Bands, then that indicates trend strength. And you can see that that's no longer happening as of a few weeks ago, which is indicating that that strength of the trend is fading which takes that bullish trend at risk. So something to certainly, certainly watch. Now, the confirmation that I'm looking at, Tony was referencing a daily chart, so no weekly chart's gonna give you a different picture. And I'm looking at MACD. It's not making a higher high with the NASDAQ 100, and that could indicate bearish divergence. However, when we're looking at this, we look at peaks, we look at peaks, we look at troughs. It hasn't peaked just yet, but therefore it means it's not confirmed, but absolutely on watch. And that's looking at, at the NDX. So now as far as confirmation, 
What I want to focus on in addition is the equal weight index for the S&P 500. This assigns equal weight to each security rather than the market cap weighted from the S&P 500 that we reference often. The action that I'm looking for in the equal weight is indicating breadth and broader participation, but there is resistance that we've reached and we're really testing it right now. So there's a resistance level around 6,558 that formed on the January 19th, 2022 lower high. So this was about two two years ago now. And that's important to note though, because we needed to overcome the old downwards trend. So those series of lower highs and lower lows in order to be in a bullish trend. And so this is a, a peak. We need to reach this higher high on the market cap weighted index, or excuse me, on the equal weight before we can on the market cap. And so I wanna see a weekly close above this level before we can go any higher, which we're testing now. So that's something to watch is that level of 6,558 formed on January 19th, 2022. And just some more details on the headline PCE that came in this morning. It came in as as expected. So in line with expectations, it increased about 3.3% monthly and 2.4% on a 12-month basis. That is what analysts were expecting. But what I thought was really interesting is income rose 1%, well above the forecast of 0.3%. 3%. And diving into more detail, the spending decreased a modest 0.1%. So that supports this, this financial financial literacy trend that we're seeing perhaps emerging a little more. And this could be really good news in my personal opinion, looking at the spending and the income. Very, very interesting take on that. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Jess. That's some great perspective when you think about taking a step back and looking at the big picture across the broader market. You know, we mentioned um, the AI boom and NVIDIA surge earlier. It could be really easy to interpret the breadth as narrow, but market breadth is now positive. And while the AI narrative continues to dominate that conversation, I think the market is less narrow than it might seem, um, as you mentioned. So maybe we'll see this act as a launch pad for some bullish broadening. And now we will transition to my favorite part of the show where our guests bring us a trade idea for the week. And Tony, let's go back to you and hear what you brought us. Thank you so much, Ashley. And, and you know, both of you are, are right. We are seeing definitely some broadening in this particular rally. But I think, you know, that we still can't ignore the signs of exhaustion and the and the and the momentum that is clearly slowing down on this what has seemingly a one-way rally since the end of October of last year. And especially when you consider the VIX is currently trading around that 13% level, I do think it's prudent for investors who have net long exposure in this particular uh, market who might be concerned about some downside to consider looking at buying some protection when it is quite inexpensive right now. Because the past few months have forced a lot of investors that had any type of short positioning that might offset any of long uh, positioning right now to cut those shorts. You've maintained potentially a sizable long position like I have in my portfolio right now to just keep up with the rest of the market. So a lot of portfolios are substantially exposed to any downside. And many of the, the downside moves that we have seen have come very fast and very violently. So when you couple the signs of exhaustion that we're currently seeing at you know what is typically near a market top that we're starting to take, I think it's an opportunity to take some action here. So if we look at a chart here for 
um, the the S and P five hundred and and the and the Nasdaq one hundred, you see on both of them we have this negative divergence. What I mean is that higher highs in price have not been confirmed by higher highs in momentum, and we've seen this divergence not only with momentum but also with their advanced decline lines for both the S and P and the Nasdaq one hundred. You look at the number of stocks that are trading above its twenty day, fifty day, and two hundred day moving average; those are declining despite the stocks. Despite these indices hitting all-time highs, and that's a concern when the number of of uh, advances are not uh, increasing versus declines. So when you see this across the board on the indice level, such as the, on the S and P and the Nasdaq 100, that's concerning. But what we have started to see is that this is creeping in into the sector level. So if you look at the charts of the individual sectors, you see the same type of negative divergence across many of the sectors right now. And lastly, when you have some of the individual stocks that have led this rally so show that same sign of negative divergence, that's when really start to, you know, for me, a lot of the signs uh, are, are firing off with regards to it's prudent to consider looking at buying some protection, especially when it's quite inexpensive. Because like I said, the VIX currently trading at 13%. That's on the very bottom end of the range of what we've traded in the past year. So buying downside put options right now are very inexpensive. So I think the best way to actually look at buying protection is to use a simple structure of just buying a put option. Typically, I would be using a put spread or some type of complex order to try to reduce the cost of buying put protection because buying and uh, put protection on your portfolio is usually quite expensive. But in this particular case, especially there are you know quite a few catalysts between now and the April 30th expiration date that I'm looking at. You know, we're looking at two more inflation prints before that date. I think the catalysts there are there to potentially uh, drive some volatility in the market. So what I'm going out to do is that April 30th, and I'm looking at buying the 495 out of the money put option here on SPY. Earlier today, you can purchase this for about $4 and a quarter uh, to buy this downside protection. And in this particular case, I'm risking a total of only $425 per contract of SPY that I'm purchasing, which gives me substantial downside protection in this particular case through that April 30th expiration. And and, and just to add to that, I'm using SPY in my example just as a way to give a broad a proxy for most portfolios. Um, but however, if you have a portfolio that's concentrated in tech or concentrated in a specific sector, you can look at other ETFs that may be more closely correlated to your portfolio to take the same type of trade structure. But you know, with the SPY, a broad portfolio, and the VIX currently at 13, I think that this is a good um, reasonable starting point for a lot of investors to research buying some put protection for your portfolio. Yeah, um, that I love the theme of, of this trade, Tony, with purchasing some insurance while it's inexpensive, taking a look at your portfolio and working around that. And I, I think that's a great tie back to your macro view today and part of the glory of options trading. You can trade on your research and speculation and then hedge if your conf uh, confidence or speculation changes. So appreciate that trade. And now let's get back to you, Jess. What have you brought for us this week? 
Absolutely. This week, I am looking at AXP, American Express. Now, from a technical perspective, looking at a sim similar time frame, but the trading cycle, it's bullish and it reached a major, major milestone as it overcame the top of the previous downtrend that was found around this resistance zone of 194 to 199. That old resistance zone, since it's been overcome, demand overcame supply is now support. So I see that trading cycle that is bullish. My next resistance is actually found from Fibonacci extension lines, which are not depicted, but the 138.2% Fib line is around 218.87, which is what we're, we're currently testing with American Express. So the way that I want to take my bullish stance with this is via a bull call spread. I'll be buying the 210s, selling the 240s. Both are expiring on April 19th. It's going to cost about a 1,171, that is equivalent to my risk in a bull cost spread. Our risk is what we spend. My max reward occurs if American Express reaches my upward strike, which is 240, and that's about 1,800 of reward that I would receive. And it's important to note on the structure of this trade. Earlier today, American Express was around 218, which means that this is already, the 210 leg is already in the money by about $8. And I'm looking at long options by assessing the amount of extrinsic value that's purchased. So the excess of purchase from that intrinsic value component. And I also look at it where I need the underlying to be in order to break even. So in this case, $222. So if American Express is at $222, I'll be breaking even on this trade because of the intrinsic value component that it will capture. But the strategy has capped gain potential. It'll continue to gain as American Express goes above 222 or about that 222 or 222 um, to the capped price of 240. So interesting structure because of the strike selection, but important to note the intrinsic and extrinsic value component of the strategy. Thanks, Jess. And per usual, a well thought out and researched trade looking at the, the bullish trend and seeing that resistance become support. And, you know, you both mentioned something around options pricing. So just a reminder for our viewers on extrinsic value, like you mentioned, uh, there are several factors that make up extrinsic value, but it's primarily a combination of how much time is left before the option contract expires, plus how much the stock is expected to move. So all good things to look at as you weigh out your decisions. Thank you so much both um, for for your ideas today. And Jess, can you tell us what we can expect on next week's episode? Absolutely, Ashley. Oddly enough, we have a lot of Fed speak coming. Just through the end of the week, we have six and we're going to have consumer spending. We're going to have construction spending. And as we drift into next week, we have a nine more Fed speak slotted. It's a reminder to me that the word of mouth can certainly be a Fed tool in addition to interest rate policy and Fed balance sheets. So certainly a lot to digest from policy. Yes, a lot of policy to digest and a lot of Fed speak. Well, that's a lot to look forward to, but that will bring us to a close for today. Thank you, as always, to all of our viewers for tuning in. And Tony and Jess, thank you so much for bringing us your thoughts and your trade ideas. Yeah, happy to be here, Ashley. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Ashley. Yes, absolutely. Always happy to have you both. And if you're interested in further details specific to Tony and Jess's trade idea shared today, please join our midday market briefing tomorrow by visiting fidelity.com slash in the money follow up. And if you're looking for further insights or if you miss a live show, be sure to sign up for the Active Investor Weekly Newsletter to receive a highlight of the trades discussed. 
You can do that by visiting fidelity.com slash active investor weekly. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of In the Money. Take care. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Options trading entails significant risk and is not appropriate for all investors. Certain complex option strategies carry additional risk. Before trading options, contact Fidelity Investments by calling 800-544-5115 to receive a copy of Characteristics and Risks of Standardized Options. Supporting documentation for any claims, if applicable, will be furnished upon request. There are additional costs associated with option strategies that call for multiple purchases and sales of options such as spreads, straddles, and collars as compared with a single option trade. Technical analysis focuses on market action, specifically volume and price. Technical analysis is only one approach to analyzing stocks. When considering which stocks to buy or sell, you should use the approach that you are most comfortable with. As with all your investments, you must make your own determination as to whether an investment in any particular security or securities is right for you based on your investment objectives, risk tolerance, and financial situation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Greeks are mathematical calculations used to determine the effect of various factors on options. Views expressed are as of the date indicated, based on the information available at that time, and may change based on market or other conditions. Unless otherwise noted, the opinions provided are those of options play, and are not necessarily those of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Fidelity does not assume any duty to update any of the information. News, commentary, market data, and research reports are from third-party sources unaffiliated with Fidelity, unless otherwise noted, and are provided for informational purposes only. Fidelity does not endorse or adopt third-party content. Fidelity makes no guarantee that the information supplied is accurate, complete, or timely, and does not provide any warranties regarding results obtained from their use. Any screenshots, charts, or company trading symbols mentioned are provided for illustrative purposes only and should not be considered as an offer to sell, a solicitation of an offer to buy, or a recommendation for the security. Options, play, and fidelity investments are independent entities and are not legally affiliated. The third-party trademarks appearing herein are the property of their respective owners. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE, SIPC.